and welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Voodoo Rumor Tower, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Papa News of PapaNews.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Reworkers, Deacon Millett of FourAlters.org in Joshua Tree, California, bringing us today's topic on patron saints. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of voodoo, hunter, or root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and call to the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Ms. Cat and Conjurman Ali. Ms. Cat? Hi. Well, you just barely caught up with me. I just made it into the chat room while the music was playing. <laughs> nice to hear your voice. Whew. Um, that was a that was fast. Uh, <laughs> I want to welcome everybody into the chat room. I uh, see so we have some of our usual friends and some people who are just listed as guests, but... But hello to all of you who are here and our faithful listeners and to those of you who listen at your convenience later when these shows are archived. We really um, appreciate knowing that uh, so many people like this show and it's been going for so long. So, um, well, today we have a special guest, um, and this is Deacon Millett, our good friend. But before we get bring him on and bring up our topic, which is Catholic Saints, I wanted to just catch you all up on a little bit of the work that's going on around here. So um, what I've been up to lately is working on books for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival, which will be April 14th and 15th in Santa Rosa, California. And you can check it out at hoodooheritagefestival.com, and you can buy tickets and all that good stuff. There will be four books debuting at this festival, and um, I've have finished editing two of them. I'm now in the middle of number three. So the first one that I've edited and finished is Miss Aida's Destroying Relationships. This is a book about um, breakup spells, hot foot spells, and putting an end to people's relationships. It's a companion to her big hit of last year, Cursing and Crossing. The second book, which I have just finished editing, is a wonderful uh, compendium of spells for money, abundance, prosperity, gambling luck, and everything having to do with bringing in financial goodness to your life. And it is called Cashbox Conjure, and it's by Miss Phoenix LaFay, who previously had, had another book with us, which is still available, called Hoodoo Shrines and Altars. So this is Phoenix's second book, another wonderful book with tons of uh, compilations of spells, mojo hands, short prayers, everything you can do for money, all broken down into the different areas where you might want money, for your business, for your pleasure, and uh, so forth and so on. Book number three, which I'm working on right now, is Lithomancy by John St. Germain. 
and he's the author of Crystal Magic, which is a book that um, tells you how to read crystals and use crystals in spell work. This book is something that people have been asking for since they saw him at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival doing readings with stones. He does all kinds of uh, readings. He reads with cards, and he, he's just a general uh, psychic reader. But he has a system of reading with stones, which has really captured people's imagination. And uh, so folks were saying, how do you do it? How does it work? So he decided to write a book, starting with that. But, of course, that's just one system. And John is, I call him the master caster. This is one of those people, he can throw anything on the table and read it. And he reads with stones, he reads with coins, he reads with combinations, and of course he reads with bones as well. <clears throat> but we already have two books on, on reading with bones. My own book, Throwing the Bones, and Michelle Jackson's very popular book, Bone Shells and Curios. So, this is lithomancy. Litho means stone, and this is about casting stones and coins. <clears throat> and it's a wonderful book. I'm up to page 18 already and editing it, and it's going very fast. Um, John is one of these teachers. He's been a teacher for so many years. He tells you what he's going to teach. He teaches it to you, and he goes on to the next thing. And at the end of it, you will have learned a dozen, two dozen different ways to throw stones, different sets of stones. Different. He has rune throwing in there. It's a complete course in casting and um, a lovely book, really beautiful. And there's some uh, little secrets in it I'm not going to talk about yet, but they will be forthcoming. And then the fourth book is a book I'm writing. We won't talk about that yet. I have a sort of a superstition. I don't talk about my books till I'm at least halfway through. But since I've been editing other people's books, <clears throat> I'm only halfway through. So that's what we got. My book's going to be on Mojo Hands. It'll have um, 100 recipes or more for making your own Mojo Hands for different things. And um, it's going to be exactly what it says it is. History, how to make them, how to bless them, how to dress them, how to fix them, and how to carry them. And uh, people have been asking me for that book for about 15 years, and I finally got around to doing it. <clears throat> so that's it for what's going on up here. Um, the weather is lovely. Um, not too much else happening. We are getting ready for the festival, April 14th and 15th. So having said that, let me bring in my co-host, Contraband Ali, how are things in your world? Doing great. Thanks for asking. Uh, very excited about the books that are coming out. Um, I'm uh, excited about all of them, but I think I'm excited about yours the most um, because it's uh, right up my alley, old school conjure, making mojo hands, right? It, it's something that that everyone needs a book on <laughs> desperately. So. so I'm very, I'm excited about about your book for sure. Um, I've been quite can busy. I, can uh, I, I'm just going to jump in. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, I just got to jump in. People have asked me, why didn't you write this book earlier? And I'll tell you why. Um, you know, I always encourage people to have abundance thinking and not poverty thinking. Yeah. But I had yeah. this little thought. If I tell everybody how I make mojos, they won't buy any more from me. But I found out, even though I, I, I make mojos, I put in a paper uh, telling what's in the mojo and how to use it because mm. I thought I don't want to be too secretive. I do want to give some information to the public. Mm -hmm. And I, people still buy the mojos. In fact, they're buying yeah. so many mojos that that Angela Marie Horner is now making all the mojos for the for the shop. Um, Angela is a member of AIR, and she's, I mean, I can't keep up. And so Angela mm -hmm. is making all the mojos. So I'm like, 
an end to poverty thinking. Let's just do the book. That's why it happened, Ali. Mm. <laughs> well, you know what? You know, I, and I can say that I know people who have learned how to make mojos, but t- baking a mojo takes a bit of skill. It really does. Mm-hmm. You need to have yeah. a hand for it. And even just, not from a, not even from a spiritual perspective, but just the tactileness of the fingers, right? Being able to know where your herbs are, putting them in the bag. There's a little clumsiness I've seen with some clients when they try to make their first couple of mojos, where they, you know, yeah. things are fumbling and, and John the Conqueror root goes rolling across the table and, and then they yeah. knocked over the candle. And so that there is a... There's a skill there that I think is, is often uh, forgotten, but I'm I'm very excited for the book. I think it's going to be great. Um, if it's anything like you, like your other books, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. Um, I on my end, I've been I've been super busy uh, doing lots of, of wonderful stuff. As February has started, it's like clockwork. The love work has started to roll in, and people are starting to ask about uh, whether they're going to have a, a date on Valentine's Day, whether they're going to ha- get back together with their ex, what they can do to draw people back. Um, in the spirit of, of whatever 2018 really is, the, the love work that I've been getting all has a little bit of an edge to them. So it's interesting. It's not like, oh, I want to be reunited with my long-lost lover. It's I want to get rid of that other trifling woman, and I want him back. I want him back on his knees. And it's like, it's, it's, there's a little edge to the request mm-hmm. that I'm getting. And I found that very interesting that it's both a blend of the month, but very much in line with how 2018 has been unfolding um, and the kind of spirit that, that that's bringing up. But it is enjoyable work. I do like doing uh, some love work. It's a nice break from some of the other intense stuff that I do. Oh, yeah. Well, yep. And um, love work is always fun. Um, because it's hopeful work, you know. Yeah. It's work that uh, that brings pleasure, and that's always something good to do. I always say well, it's like baking cookies; it makes the entire house smell nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now I want to bring in our our guest, and this is going to be Deacon Millet. But I'm going to throw in something else before I say hi to Deacon Millet. Um, our topic uh, today is patron saints. And Deacon Millet is going to be talking about that, but because we have another kind of cycle of reality going on, sort of interlocking wheels within wheels, mm. Papa Newt is going to be teaching a workshop on patron saints at the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. Ooh, exciting. So so this time the panel is going to involve our announcer too. Papa Newt's going to yeah. come on in with, with Deacon Millet, and we're all going to talk about it. So before we start, as usual, I always just say that first little thing. How are you, Deacon Millet? How are things? <laughs> Welcome to I'm, you. Thank you. I'm hanging in there. Um, definitely uh, feeling my affinity for St. Pauline of the agonizing heart of Jesus, who is our um, patron saint of diabetes. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been a sugary day. Um, the the only problem with doing so many hoodoo honey and sugar spells is apparently I've, I've become um, a little overly sweet myself. So, um, but it's Uh-oh. it's it's a cold, drizzly, um, little bit of snow this morning day in Baltimore, and I'm looking forward to the Hoodoo Heritage Festival a month early, which is just bizarre. Um, yeah. I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but it throws my whole kind of seasons out of whack here. <laughs> you know? Yes, it is um, going to be interesting, isn't it? Yes, 
very different, very different. So, um, but life is good. Good. Well, say hello to the streets of Baltimore. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting place to be. I'm having talk about things being thrown out of whack. The idea of you in Baltimore is like no, oh, right? Texas-born lived in has lived in California for how many years? The uh, high desert. <laughs> yeah, right. Thirty years and in California. Thirty years in California. Wow. Still haven't lost your Texas accent, and now you're in Baltimore. <laughs> okay, I'm yep. still reeling from that one, baby. We'll get you back to California some one of these oh, days. I know sure. you're bi-coastal for now. Sure. You know, folks. He yeah. he actually flies back and forth between Southern California and Baltimore. It's like um, he's a jet-setting route worker. Wow. <laughs> All right. Now, let's get into patron saints. I'm just going to say a a, a brief word. There are going to be people who listen to this who have no idea what a patron saint is. So let me explain for those of you from the outside looking in. There are various religions. One of those religions is Christianity. I'm sure you've all heard of it. Christianity was founded by a set of people who continue to this day uh, in sort of three major divisions, the Roman Catholics, the um, Orthodox, and um, and they've kind of split into a couple of different Orthodoxes, the Russian Orthodox, the Greek Orthodox, whatever. But we call them all kind of the Catholics. Right? Then we have the Protestant Reformation. That happened later. Uh, Martin Luther... Now, for all you young kids, that's not Martin Luther King Jr. That's Martin Luther, the actual Martin Luther, right? So he started the Protestant Reformation by nailing his theses on the wall. And all the people who downstream from Lutheranism, except that they do have a few saints, but after Lutheranism, they kind of stopped having these saints. So Mm -hmm. saints go with the Catholic um, brand or denominations of Christianity. And... I know that someone's going to be listening. I know it sounds so obvious, but there's going to be people going, what are you talking about? So these saints are variously either famous figures from the Bible or they are people who lived after um, the establishment of the Christian religion who led exemplary lives, were helpful, and their stories are told. In amongst them, they managed to throw in a few Jews who were in the Bible, Mm -hmm. in the Jewish part of the Bible. And there are many of us, myself among them, who kind of hunkered down and they go, don't you dare. (laughs) But they Mm -hmm. did it anyway. (laughs) So there are some saints who were not Christians. They're just Jews. And, And they even made saints out of some of our Jewish archangels. Oh, what yeah. the heck? But, you know, after a while you hear them talk about St. Michael often enough, you go, that's okay, kids. You can just call him St. Michael, but he is our archangel. You know that, right? So that's who we're talking about now, a kind of a a combination of Jewish archangels, Jewish figures of the Bible, um, like Lazarus, for instance. And then we have um, the um, other uh, saints who some of whom are quote legendary and most of whom were real people who led real lives it's kind of like the catholic version of the congressional medal of honor <laughs> that's a okay. good way of putting that <laughs> oh yes uh, yes and deacon millet will understand when i say it's a trading card set 
<laughs> back in the day, back in the day, we we put out a trading card set called Congressional Medal of Honor winners. Um, yeah, yep. Okay, so take it away, Deacon Millet. Well, I just thought we would um, all talk about some of our favorites and um, the ones I've chosen. Saint Dempsna, I've spoken about here. Other people have spoken about. Um, patron saint of mental health, um, abuse victims, and uh, just a wonderfully healing saint. So I want to always give my shout-out to St. Dimsna. But I also wanted to mention St. Joseph because I do so much work for people wanting to uh, move house. And St. Joseph provided a home for the the baby Jesus, and um, is wonderful for real estate matters and for getting jobs. So anything that's about, um, Mm. you know, where you live, how you live, um, St. Joseph is a marvelously practical figure. And if you think about kind of the stoicism that Joseph must have had to just say, oh, yeah, okay, God's baby, all right, um, I'll I'll go for that. I'll, I'll, I'll put my put my shoulders under this burden. Um, it it really feels good to me. Um, I I feel like Joseph um, is a stand up saint and um, does so much good for so many people. So um, I I call him the I call him the patron saint of stepfathers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Totally, yeah. totally. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, my father was named Joseph, um, and I so I have a fondness for him um, because of that. My father was real good with his hands, so he's real good also with woodworkers, craftsmen, anything like that. And he is, um, by Sicilians in particular, uh, appealed to for real estate matters. Um, yeah. And this is um, something interesting to me. There's also Our Lady of Loretto who is used by people who are seeking homes as opposed to selling homes. But they go together as the Virgin Mary, as Our Lady of Loretto, and St. Joseph. So it's a kind of a holy family with the happy home thing. Um, St. Joseph, when I was young, the, the worker, Catholic worker people I knew always referred to him as St. Joseph the Worker. And he was shown with his... Uh, carpenter's vice, and the baby Jesus standing on his a carpenter's bench, little toddler baby Jesus, sometimes like in a little pink dress, and uh, and Saint Joseph is standing there teaching him how to use a hammer and, and things. Like that. Right, it's it's <laughs> a like very that. warm fatherly image for sure. Yeah. 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 Well, all the, right. Well, the go ahead. Other go person ahead. I wanted to bring up was was Saint Francis. Um, mm. And you know, Saint Francis is so beloved, beloved for his peace prayer, but almost certainly didn't write it. Um, so um, I still have that that prayer emblazoned on all my Saint Francis candles anyway, because I think it's it's such a good piece. But he, uh, in his his nature. Um, conservancy was um, 
almost pagan in in certain things. Something he did actually write, um, the Canticle of the Sun, you know, talks about Brother Sun and Sister Moon and Brother Fire and Brother Death and all these personifications of of nature. And so there's there's a sort of a um, a get your hands dirty uh, in a natural way. Um, about St. Francis that feels very much in keeping with the work I do. So um, I'm particularly fond of St. Francis as well. Well, you know, a lot of people like St. Francis, and we certainly see his statue in a million gardens. And um, he is the patron saint of wild animals, and many people also seek his help with Uh, domestic animals. Mm -hmm. Another saint, and I'm just going to throw him in sort of sideways, is um, St. Martin de Porras, who is the first veterinarian who became a saint. He was, he's also the first um, person of color made a saint. And because he was um, biracial, he was um, half black and half um, Spanish, um, and he lived in Peru, uh, he was uh, re- discriminated against, and he w- he wanted to be a doctor, and they wouldn't allow him to be a doctor, although he was in the Benedictine order, and they let him be a pharmacist, but they wouldn't let him um, heal people. They made him be the janitor in the hospital and sweep the floor. So after hours, he went over to his sister's house, and he started a veterinary clinic, and he was known for uh, setting the bones on animals that were damaged and, and hurt. And eventually they did let him become a physician, and he eventually, of course, became a saint. But he sometimes is uh, considered the patron saint of veterinarians. So he works well with St. Francis. St. Francis loves the wild birds, and um, and St. Martin de Porres is the only person who was a saint who actually set the bones on little rats if they were hurt in a trap. Mm. <laughs> wow. Nice guy for all people with pet rats. Yes. Now let's bring in let's bring in um, Papa Newt. What are your uh, go-to saint names, Papa Newt? Oh, many different things, but um, you know my my first one, of course, people are going to say Saint Anthony. We'll get to that, but I'm going to go with Saint Anthony because I grew up, um, you know, I was raised Catholic, and I grew up watching my mom pray to St. Anthony. And I would see miracles, like things that were literally lost just being found. Um, St. Anthony was a very interesting um, uh, person who, who was really well known for his elegance because he, he studied all the time, he, he, he read all the time, but yet he gave you know, his time to po- being in poverty, but yet teaching the word and such, that he would always carry around like this, this book of, of psalms that he would use to teach. And then it's like a story, if I'm recalling it correctly, there was a thief who stole it, and he did this big prayer to God to find it, and it turned out his, his, his book of Psalms was returned. Um, and so he, that's part of why he is known and why he's depicted holding, like holding, always holding the book besides the baby Jesus. Um, he is one not only to find lost objects, I will say, is that he, I have found him to be very helpful in finding um, not only, like, not necessarily opening the roads, but if you are, are trying to find the right path or the right way to go or the best choice to make, to pray to St. Anthony to help you find that which you need. Um, 
very simple thing too. I mean, if when he comes through for you, give him give him a light. Brown candles are great, or just any light really, and just some bread. Offer him some bread as a thank you to him. Very simple. It is uh, to, to thank him. Um, well, <laughs> you know, Saint Saint Anthony is interesting to me. Um, he has so many facets that he is appealed to for so many things. Lost objects, also missing yeah. people. People will always pray yeah. to Saint Anthony for missing people, and that means he is also appealed to for broken love affairs to get that missing mm-hmm. person back in your life. Yeah. Um, and because he's holding the baby Jesus, he is one of what I call the babysitter saints. And there are a number of babysitter saints who are depicted holding Jesus, but he's the, the leader of the babysitters. And um, mm-hmm. and so, literally, if you have your child in daycare or with a babysitter, um, you would probably wish to say a prayer to Saint Anthony that your baby be kept well. Yeah, mm. he's he's one of those famous of the performer saints, which is kind of an anthropological term referring to the saints that come through for people and therefore are popular. Um, and what makes St. Anthony kind of unique is that when you trace folk magic or folk Catholicism uh, in its history, you can see that certain saints during certain time periods become very popular and in certain cultures become very popular and other times they wane. So say they kind of go back and forth on who's the most popular. For example, there are uh, academics and historians that trace in uh, Latin American tradition the shift from St. Elena to St. Martha, how St. Elena was originally far more popular in, say, the 19th century, but in the 20th century was overtaken by St. Martha, who became the kind of saint, the all-purpose saint of love matters and domination. But St. Anthony is one of those unique ones that no matter what time period or culture you look at, he's always been petitioned as, as a very popular performer saint, whether it's to find objects or also for him matters of healing, miraculous healing he's often mm-hmm. called upon. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I'm going to say there's another one like that who, no matter what time period, has had followers, and that is St. Jude. Um, yes, yes. Who, the saint of the impossible, the saint of lost causes, and um, he seems to weather these fads. And I, But what you said about St. Elena having been somewhat replaced with St. Martha mm-hmm. is so true. Um, yeah. When I was young, uh, St. Helen or St. Elena was very, very popular and is much less often um, mm-hmm. talked about. I still have chroma prints of her and holy cards, but almost no one orders them. They all want St. Martha now. Yep. <laughs> it's just how, how, how times change. Now, mm-hmm. uh, let's, go, let's go back to uh, Papa Newt. Um, you're yeah. known, and I, all over Facebook, for your St. Expediti or Expedite or Espedi altar. You constantly have um, shown pictures on Facebook of your work with this saint. In fact, I associate you with that saint more than any others. So tell us about how St. Expediti came to be your special patron. You know, there was there was a time in my life, early, early days, I, I left college um, early 2000 after having a, a really good friend commit suicide. So it was a really challenging time for me. And so I moved to Omaha. And I was just trying to get on my feet, trying to get things to work out. But, you know, it was just hard to get things, you know, being, just got out of college, trying to get things put together. And I came across the expedite, just a little prayer card is what I came across at one of the Catholic bookstores um, that was here. And 
I learned that he was in time of need or getting things in a hurry, and I needed rent money. I I was had a big expense, and then rent money was due. So all I worked was with just a little prayer card and a candle, um, and just used that as my focal point in my prayers. And that's you know when he came through for me, I started spreading the word. I just and from there, I've just been so impressed that. That's pretty much it in a nutshell that I've been uh, dedicated to to that thing ever since. Well, I have hmm. a funny story about how I got into working with St. Uh, Expediti too. I um, uh, have a friend, um, and I'm going to give a little shout-out to him, uh, Carlos Froggy May. And um, I know him through Facebook. If you all hang out on my Facebook page, you'll see him post every once in a while, or just look him up, Carlos Froggy May. And he lives in New Orleans. He's a musician and um, just a wonderful guy. And I met him on the Internet a long time ago, back in the 90s. And I was talking about how I was working on something, and I mentioned that I was a, a I was working on a publishing project as often, and I was watching, I was procrastinating. And he sent me this plaque of Saint Expedite it was all like um, decoupaged and varnished with you know multi layers of varnish. And he goes, "Here you go." <laughs> I had no idea what he was talking about, so I went and looked up that saint. And I put that, I still have it, I put that right next to my computer. And uh, so thank you, Carlos Froggy May, for getting me into St. Expedite sometime around, I don't know, 1994, 95. And and he came through for me immediately. I mean, my procrastination Mm -hmm. stopped. I was working. So then I began to call on him for money for the shop. And, you know, it was pretty amazing. And I really appreciate that saint that's just i guess if i had any one catholic saint that would be my my guy and i mean his imagery is just real quick i mean we can this is a whole another category to get into saint imagery as you know miss cat but his Mm -hmm. um but his imagery is always interesting because you know he holds the cross that says whole day you know meaning today it's always depicted through stepping on a crow that has a play on words you know the little ribbon coming out of the mouth that says grass grass tomorrow tomorrow and he even though he's focused on today the helmet, his helmet is always is, is on the ground. Even though he's focused on today, he doesn't forget where he came from. Mm. That's, yeah. That is mm-hmm. such a, yes. And he holds the palm of martyrdom. This is a very interesting saint. Very. <laughs> One of the best. Um, yeah, I'm I'm a big devotee of his. I I have to say it. He, he's the the one who him and Saint Martin de Porres are my two go-to Catholic saints. Um, well, let's let's throw this back to um, Ali. I know you're associated with Saint Cyprian. Yeah, I don't do a lot of saint work, um, to be honest with you. I grew up in a tradition that was very Southern Baptist. We had some. Uh, Pentecostal elements in in the work that we did in Hoodoo in Virginia. Uh, My teacher almost never worked with with, with saints. It was just not one of her things. In fact, when we, I remember going to a candle shop and seeing a lot of saints and asking her about it, and she goes, nope, we just call God, the devil, and uh, and the roots. That's all. The kind of three spirits that you work with. God, the devil, and the roots. Um, So we didn't, I didn't do a lot of saint work. I came into saint work much later, um, and in particular, because of where I am in Southern California, there is a large Latin American Hispanic uh, community and working with them and learning a little bit of folk Catholicism with the clients, I started to pick up some here or there. And I learned St. Expediti from you, actually, uh, and Lucky Mojo. 
started to work with him. But St. Cyprian is the one that I had a connection to even earlier on in my teens, vis-a-vis learning about European uh, grimoire magic and learning about the tradition of the Cipriani, which are these kind of uh, books that were written by him. So I, I came to St. Cyprian uh, quite early on, and he'd been a patron ever since. And we use the word patron kind of to mean two things. One, that he has dominion over something. All saints have some kind of dominion or area of influence. And they can be your patron, that is, your, your spiritual guide, teacher, um, your father, so to speak, in the church, if you will. And the idea being that when you take someone on as your patron, they then will shape your life in the kind of official Catherine doctrine, right? Like, which is not uncommon when you get baptized into the Catholic Church, you'll actually change your, you could take on a Catholic name, for example. So for me, it was St. Cyprian. He is not considered official anymore. Um, and he has always been confused with St. Cyprian of Carthage. Um, whereas he is from St. Cyprian of Antioch. Now, St. Cyprian of Carthage's feast day is in September, which is why St. Cyprian of Antioch's feast day is now in September. That confusion is natural, and in folk tradition, it just, they meld together, and the differences kind of become less important. But he's the patron saint of, of occultists. He himself was a famous sorcerer, uh, who the story goes that he was doing either work for a client or he himself desired uh, a woman who was often paired with Justine or Justina, and he sent out his demons to go and fetch this woman, but she was able to rebuke the demons uh, in the name of, of Christ. He was stunned by the power, uh, repeated Christ's name, and it kind of dawned on him that there was something more powerful than his sorcery. And so he converted and eventually became a very famous bishop. But the rumor and the folk legend goes that he continued to practice his secret arts. So he is that weird fulcrum or crossroads between folk magic and sorcery and official religion that is Catholicism. And I work with him uh, in that regard as a, as a person who kind of straddles both worlds as a spirit uh, that is a patron saint that is very good at uncrossing, undoing curses, uh, helping with divination, uh, dealing with the dead. All sorts of magical things can be brought before him. And he has a series of whole mysteries dedicated to him that I work with him with. Yeah, he's a, and and the very fact that the that the word Cyprianus or Cyprian books is mm-hmm. used throughout Europe to mean uh, yeah. little grimoires. It, even in if you read the book Trolldom, on Norse, yeah. uh, Swedish, Danish, and um, Norwegian folk magic, those books are called Cyprianus books. Even though yep. he may not have been the author of them all, it's just a generic for a book of sorcery. And yeah. a famous, famous guy. Well, I'm going to throw in um, Archangel Michael. Um, he's uh, the most popular product that we make in our shop of all of the Catholic saints. And he kind of does double duty because he's also listed as a Jewish archangel. He's double mm-hmm. listed. But he is the most popular. So Archangel Michael is a, a, an entity who name means he who is like God. And the Catholics mm-hmm. didn't like that name. Uh, that is the literal translation of the Hebrew. So they they often will, in their books, say that his name means, quote, who is like God, question mark, as if it was a, his name was a question, <laughs> which it's not. It doesn't mean who is like God. It means he who is like God. 
and um, meaning El, the, the god El. Yeah. And so uh, St. Michael or Archangel Michael is sometimes called God's lieutenant, commander-in-chief um, of God's army, and is always shown destroying and casting out of heaven or earth um, the demonic forces, the forces of evil, and sometimes, um, you know, going after them with a sword, sometimes with a scale of justice, because Michael mm-hmm. is not a vengeful uh, entity. He simply is saying, nope, you may not trespass in this area. All demons must go. So um, I love him, and, and I've worked with him for protection. In particular, the 91st Psalm is often said while working with Archangel Michael. Just one of my favorites, and um, I have found that many people use um his name or products made in, with his image on them or dedicated with some of his um, herbs in them to protect their homes and to protect their persons if they're going in a dangerous situation. Archangel Michael is the one who will keep off um, anybody who might harm you. And because of this, Reverend Dr. Sweets beat me to it in the chat room, and because of this, he became the patron saint of police officers. Mm. However, in that, we're going to say... The good police officers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's got a very strong sense of justice. So corrupt police officers, uh, not on his, <laughs> not on his watch. That's right. That's right. Um, now I'm going to throw in another one, which is another archangel, just real quick, and that is Gabriel. Gabriel is the um, archangel who announces births in the Bible over mm-hmm. and over. When some a person's going to be born, it's Gabriel who announces it. So if you have issues of fertility or want to conceive a child or want to bring a child safely to term, Archangel Gabriel is someone who will help you. And there's our music. We could go on and on. We have so many favorite saints. (laughs) I think we got all of them. I think we got them all for today. Um, Let's turn this over to Papa Newt, and then we're going to do some readings. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ali, and this week's special guest, Deacon Millet, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination, and prescribing down-home contra remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum, please dial in now to 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We will select callers by their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, pop a nude, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our first caller. And our first caller is a first-time caller calling in from area, area code 205 in Alabama. This is Anna. Anna, are you there? I am. Hello. Hello, welcome to the show. Uh, thank you for allowing us to, or entrusting us with your situation today. Thank you. Now, you're welcome. Now, I see for this particular situation, you have not had a private reading with Miss Cat or uh, Congressman Ali, um, uh, but you did have a reading with Co Meadows on uh, December t- uh, 2017. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. Certainly. Thank you. And Anna writes, I am the victim of revenge porn. 
that cost me my job where I was li- I was a live-in caregiver and nanny in a small town in Alabama. My abusive ex betrayed me with my ex, uh, ex-girlfriend uh, and former roommate. I busted them in, in bed together. They said nothing happened. Uh, Coe's uh, reading was a strong yes. Then he sent my picture to her, who sent them to my boss, supposedly to show I was crazy. My question is, what will happen if I involve the legal justice system? Will I get justice with truth and technology on my side? Turning back to you, Ms. Cat. Oh, honey, I am so sorry to hear mm. what happened to you. That is just terrible. And I'm going to say something about the Internet. Um, I believe that the Internet has lost its ever-loving mind. Um, oh, yeah. These things, this thing which was um, so, uh, I guess you could say, intended to make us all get to know one another and be friends mm-hmm. and have, you know, have communication and everyone would be safe and, you know, we'd know where everyone was and, you know, oh, my gosh, look what's happened, revenge porn. I, I just, my heart just breaks. And I have to say that many of us have been the victim of this type of thing. And, um, and of course, you know, you can't uh, put the, uh, the horse back in the barn. So let's no, talk about now. Yeah. So let's talk about what your question is, which is a very good question. What will happen if I involve the legal justice system? Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. So pull three cards, and um, uh, number one is is a slightly unfortunate card. It's called the card of delay. It is the three of wands. Shows a person on a hill overlooking a bay of water and there are little boats little ships coming in and the person's clothes are ragged and torn but they've been patched and um, what we say is it will take time if this is a card that says you will not get an immediate help this is a card of delay that is numbered in threes some say three months some say three years let's hope it's not going to be three years in your case probably it will be a while before you can get somebody involved, but it's not a no card. It just says this will take a bit more time than you would hope. It may involve waiting, but in the end, there is a success. And the second card is the card of the Wheel of Fortune. Now, that's a card that shows a big wheel in the sky, and there are four uh, creatures around the wheel, an angel, an eagle, a bull, and a lion, and they stand for the four uh, gospel makers of the New Testament, and they each have a book. And this means that everything will be examined. They will read the books. In other words, if you get people involved, they will look at the, at the testimony, they will look at the transactions, they will look at the URLs, they will look at the IP addresses. It'll all make sense. They will investigate. The big wheel in the center shows a snake falling off the wheel as the wheel turns, and a priest of Anubis, the uh, dog-headed or wolf-headed god of loyal companionship of the Egyptians, rising. So you will find a companion, a helper, could be a lawyer, could be a district attorney, it could be somebody of that nature. Somebody is going to help you. Uh, The snake, presumably, that's the person who put the revenge porn up. She is a snake. (laughs) Yeah. On On top of the wheel 
is a sphinx with a sword, and that is the sphinx that stands for justice, holding a sword of justice. So you will prevail, but it will take a turn of the wheel. You may be in this for a while. It may take a year. Uh, The wheel usually represents a one-year time period. It can mean the 10th month, October. So we're not looking at any kind of instant thing here. But you will be able to find people who become involved and who do investigate this. It will be taken seriously. It will be taken seriously. That is important to understand. The third card um, is a card that tells me if you get someone involved who takes a strong interest in the truth, who takes a strong interest in um, helping those who are weaker, that you will prevail. And this card is the Queen of Wands. And the Queen of Wands can be a woman. Um, but it is a woman who is a protector of of others, a woman who knows how to protect herself, and a woman who is optimistic. If you need to have a lawyer or a police officer or an officer of the court on your side, you, you would want to look for a woman to, be, to carry your um, case forward. This is wands, and our first card was wands, three of wands. The magician, the person who is casting the the prayer in the first place finds a delay in that first card. The queen of wands takes up the thing. There's also a sunflower in her hand, and that stands for cheerful optimism. Um, Can be helped. I would involve um, somebody in this. You may need a lawyer. Wands often stand for lawyers or doctors. They often stand for a support because it's a a staff, and you lean on a staff, you know, as you need help. Um, but the, it, your your plea will be taken seriously, and there may not be um, a jail sentence or anything like that. I'm not seeing that this person, you know, goes to jail. I'm not seeing a lockup, but I am seeing that um, it is possible to get the situation remediated and to feel much better about yourself because you will have done something, and it will work out in your advantage um but it will take some time and work. I would do it if I were you. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank I'm you. gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna turn this now over to Deacon Millet, and he's gonna read a different kind of card set than I read. So we're gonna get very different images. But let's see what he has to say. All right. So I'm gonna take a look at the Secret Bikini Oracle deck and pull three cards from it. Um, The first one is Solar Return, and this card shows an image of a solar eclipse. Um, We're just coming off of a lunar eclipse. And this card also often represents one year, the amount of time it takes for the sun to return to the same position in the sky. Um, This this card says that there may be astrological influences at play. You may want to discuss this um, with an astrologer to find good timing for when to do this. Um, it also says that there's there's something deeper here, that the way that this um, has impacted your life um, has deep meaning for you more than it might have for just anybody else. The second card here is Taking Up Arms, and this is the card of the soldier. It shows a soldier with four arms holding weapons, standing on the back of a turtle. Um, Yes, the turtle says it's going to move slowly, but you do need to defend yourself. Um, it's, It's important for you to feel like you are standing up for who you are 
and for what you believe. The final card here is Mean and Heavy. And this card shows the goddess Kali, and she is stomping on the heads of demons. Um, and you've been treated meanly, um, and this has had a heavy repercussion on your life, and you need to return the favor. Um, so it, it is important that you give it all you've got um, and don't feel bad about what's happened to you. Instead, um, feel good about justice and take it seriously. These sorts of situations shouldn't be allowed to happen. Yeah. I'm going to read out something from the chat room. Reverend Dr. Sweets, who is one of our regulars and always has really good ideas, and thank you for this one. If she gets a job, meaning a new job, making lesser money, then that's in her favor that she has suffered a loss. But if she finds other employment making more money, it may not benefit her, FYI. What a great point. You have to show that you have suffered, and that is one of the things you may need to do in order to get your revenge. And this is kind of goes to my first card, the Three of Wands, which is the delay of the ships coming in, the delay of the money coming in. So thank you, Reverend Dr. Sweets. You cast some good light nice. on that. Yeah, nice. Very good. Um, so um, what we're seeing here is you're entitled. Uh, you know, the cards say, move ahead with this. You will... Do well. You're going to get people involved. You're going to have to be prepared to spend some time on this before you get the results you want. But hey, you know that's sometimes the way it goes. Um, let's see what um, Conjurman um, Ali has to say about what you can do to move this forward and also to best represent the harm and loss to your reputation, as Lady Marie Toro calls it. Mm. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, first, you need to find out, and, and I and I'm sorry you had to go through this. This is a very difficult situation. It's one of those really trust-breaking moments. But there are things you can do. First, you need to find out what type of laws uh, are applicable. Revenge porn laws are just ca- catching up. The laws are always one or two steps behind the technology. Okay. Uh, for example, California. We've just I think it was last year where we're really kind of headed in that direction. But you need to find out what your state laws are in regards to this, right? They just Taking, passed it last year in Alabama that it is illegal. Perfect. <clears throat> as long as you, as oh, long as you know what your state laws are, that works in your favor. So that's, that's the key, right? Then you have to find out what the particulars are. Does that mean posting it online? Does that mean sending it to someone, et cetera? Get those details so you know where your case is. That's the the practical aspect of it. Now I'm going to give you some magical work that I want you to to do. This is stuff that you can do. If you feel uncomfortable, you can work with a professional to help you along this. I would recommend whenever a court case is going on to always have a professional to act as a counselor, right? Even if you do like the majority of the work yourself, someone who will do readings, who will give you some magical coaching, some consulting. That's, uh, you know, of all the kind of root work that we do, court case works are the most long-term and the ones that require more engaged dynamic work. So that's something to bear in mind. Now, I want you to take uh, licorice root. Uh, if you get them from Lucky Mojo, Lucky Mojo slices them in a very wonderful way, as slivers, they're kind of julienne. You can also do it yourself. Uh, if you get the licorice root, you buy licorice root, and then you can kind of cut them. But you want to get licorice root sticks, and you're going to take small bits of them, purchase this from Lucky Mojo, and then get yourself some red string. Take two and make a cross out of them, and bind the cross 
with red string, so that you've made a little stick figure, if you will, or a little cross out of licorice root. If you have, uh, if it's slivered and there's a space, you can actually write the person's name, right? And you make as many of these as they, you have enemies. So you mentioned uh, uh, your ex and an ex-friend. You make two of them. If there's more, three. Just remember that you don't want to make 30 of these. Okay? You want to be focused on your core group of enemies. So look at maybe no more than three. So you create this, and around this little, this little cross or skeleton, if you will, you are going to sew a doll baby. You're going to create a doll baby, sew it up around it so that this forms the spine, spine and the arms. You're going to stuff the doll baby with blackberry leaves. We mentioned St. Michael earlier, where blackberry leaves are believed to be the bush upon which Satan fell to earth on. And he was so angry that he pissed on them, which is why um, they have the, the, they're sour and tardy. Blackberry bush is also associated with St. Michael and his uh, holy day uh, in the Catholic calendar. So, so the blackberry leaves have a very powerful uh, component of justice and, and revenge and reversal and turning evil back upon itself. So stuff it with blackberry leaves. Put in some red peppers to burn them and to cross them. Put in vandal root. Vandal root is great for a situation like this. It's good for crossing. It's good for binding up. And it's also particularly good for those that uh, break their word, break trust, or steal. That's what's called vandal root, which often used to deal with people who are thieves. In this case, this person has stolen something from you, stolen your dignity, stolen your work, etc. So you put some vandal root in there. Um, I want you to also, uh, in addition to a vandal root, take alum and put alum in the head. Sew it up so the the head is stuffed with alum, and this is to silence the tongues to clog up their mind. You're going to sew this up, however many you have, and baptize in their names. Do this on a a Saturday at sunset. Blindfold them. You could take a little ribbon, blindfold them so that they cannot see. You're going to set this aside after you've made it. It should take you, if you do it right with intention, slowly praying this entire time. It should take you maybe a couple hours to make these doll babies. Set them aside, and then at midnight on that Saturday, go and break the arms of the doll baby. So the little crossed licorice stick Mm -hmm. that you had in there, the little arms of them, you're going to go in and you're just going to snap those arms so that you remove their power. Then you're going to set them aside and wait until 3 a.m. At 3 a.m., you're going to go back to those doll babies and then you're going to break their spine. So you've broken their two arms and you've broken the spine so that the licorice root in there is nice and broken. So you break that. The next day, I want you to go during the day. You can go at sunset. Um, I want you to take a black cloth Place the doll babies, as many of them are in the black cloth. You could put them all in one. Cover it in salt. Wrap this up. Bind it with string. Take a hammer and hit it nine times. And every time you hit it, you are going to state very clearly the hurt that they have caused you, the pain that they have put you through. You're going to take that bundle to the graveyard of a righteous ancestor, namely someone someone you know 
in your heart of hearts will feel righteous rage with you. Someone who has a strong sense of, no, I'm going to get these people for hurting my baby. You'll know if you have an ancestor that, that's like that, if it's a grandparent or great-grandparent, etc. You're going to go out to them and you're going to bury this bundle on the right-hand side near where you think their hand will be. And you're going to bury it nice and deep and you're going to call out to this ancestor, be righteous, with a full heart, shed some angry tears, call on them to blind them and to bring them to justice. Then you're going to walk away and not look back. On the way home, take a different route home. Don't go the same exact way. Take a different way home. This is to ensure that you leave that behind. That's to deal with them. Now we need to do a little bit of work for you. I want you to get Slippery Elm, burn it to ash while you pray. Psalm 35, Psalm 37, Psalm 91. You're going to take the ash and you're going to make a cross on your feet, on your shoes. You're going to put it right on the soles of your shoes. And what Slippery Elm will do is it allows you to go through this situation without anything sticking to you, without any rumor catching up to you, without it harming you. It's a very powerful protective work for situations just like this. Then, this is the third and final step. Nine days before you reach out to any legal help, whether it's a lawyer, the district attorney, etc., I want you to take a brown candle, anoint it with court case oil, get yourself a little John de Chew. You can soften it. If you go to the Lucky Mojo website, they talk about how to soften it. I don't recommend using too much sugar to sweeten it. I want, it to, to, I want you to taste that gingery burn, okay? But I want you to soften okay. it, and you're going to chew little John to chew while you recite Psalm 35 and 37 in front of this brown candle. You're going to do it, snuff it out, take out the little John to chew, and you're going to keep doing this for nine days before you go and appeal to the courts, whether it's the district attorney or your lawyer, etc. When you go, I want you to take where the mashed up, whatever's left of the little John to chew, put it in your mouth. When you go, spit it out so that they will walk over it or walk through it. And you can repeat this when, this when and if this goes to trial. That's my recommendation. Three steps. Bind them, protect yourself, and turn the courts to your favor. I'm going to see if we have a couple seconds if anyone else wants to add something. Wow. Um, that's pretty amazing. And the only other thing that I would add is the slippery elm. You can also make that into a tea. Um, mm, it yes. is sort of slippery. And another thing that can be made into a tea that is slippery is okra. It's a vegetable, okra. Oh, yeah. In the hibiscus family. And um, some people, if they have a, a, a libel or scandal adhering to their name, will bathe with slippery elm and okra. It's kind of slimy. Then wash it off. It'll all go off of you. Thank you all so much. Good luck. And, um, wow, you got some great advice here and some good readings. Good luck to you, hon. Call us back and let us know if you need more help, okay? All right. We're going to uh, turn this over to Papa Newt. 
Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of missionary independent spiritual churches, located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take our next client. Now, our next client is calling all the way from area code 973 in New Jersey. This is uh, Hadash. Hadasha. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much. Uh, And I'm looking at your information here. Have you called us before, hon? I haven't spoken to you in about maybe maybe two years. I think one time I called, I spoke with... Oh, um, certainly. Okay, and this is a completely new situation then, is this correct? Yeah, it's been going on for about maybe seven years now. Oh, my, okay. Um, And now, I did not get a chance to uh, edit your uh, your description for on-air readability. Would you just be able to, in like two sentences, give us a sum-up of what's going on in your question? I have family members who stole my inheritance and... Uh, my mother's house, I'm trying to get my mother's house and save it from being taken away. I have a brother that oh. took a lot of money away, and he's just blocking my path. Okay. So, Hadassah, what do you want a reading for? What's your question? Because we can see. I, I'm I'm copying what you wrote into the chat room, but um, we understand it's a long-standing problem. What do you want a reading on? I I want to see what I can do to save the house and to keep them from bothering me, blocking me. All right. So um, save the house and not let it go to foreclosure, okay? So let's first start with a reading. Is that even going to be possible? Because sometimes the reading says it's not possible. You're going to have to prepare for plan B, okay? Okay. So I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. How old are you about? I'm 53. 53, and what sign of the zodiac are you? I'm a Capricorn. Capricorn. Okay, great. All right, we're going to turn this over to Conjurman Ali, and he's going to do your reading. Thank you. Thanks, Kat. That's fantastic. Um, how, if I can just ask a couple questions just to clarify, how long has this been going on for? Since March of 2011. So this has been going on for several years now. Yes. Do you have any contact with uh, those family members at all, your your siblings in particular? There's just one brother who I reach out to every once in a while, but he's he's dodging dodging the whole situation. And there's another brother that left the country. Okay, and then you also have a a sister, if I understand correctly. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. And no one she's knows where she in... is. No one knows she is. And the inheritance, this is uh, from your mother, you said? Yes, it is. This is for your mother. Okay, thanks. Um, and thank you, Kat, for, for asking those questions that allowed me at the time to, to cast this chart. So I'm going to – I've pulled a geomantic reading to take a look uh, and see what's going on. Because there's kind of multiple components here, uh, we look to see – um, at different houses, right? We're looking first at the siblings, then we look at matters of inheritance, uh, and so on and so forth. So first I'm looking at uh, 
the siblings, and that's usually in the third house. And the third house shows us conjunctio, uh, and that means that there is an alliance there. So it's not just that they're, um, you know, delaying tactics or they're just kind of disappearing on you. There is a concerted effort for them to work uh, together in this. So there is communication going on outside of what you are aware of. You have contact with one sibling, the other ones, and no one's quite sure what's going on, but they actually okay. are in contact with one another, so be aware of that. That even if they okay. may say, oh, we don't know what's going on, or so-and-so right. has disappeared, that they are, they are talking. They are talking in their So now we look to inheritance, and this is the real question, right? And the inheritance is always in, in the eighth house. Sometimes we can look at the fourth for property, but, but because it's inheritance, uh, the eighth, which rules over death and, and inheritance. Uh, and, the, and here we have carcer. Carcer is the lock or the prison. Um, and it does mean that there is a serious, serious blockage there that will uh, continue to be, that the chances of getting that inheritance um, are not looking particularly high. It means that there is a roadblock um, that is keeping you from achieving what you want. It's a pretty solid block. You're going to have to do something to undo it. The first house which represents you is Tristitius. Tristitia is uh, the stake that has been driven into the ground. It is a card of sorrow and loss and pain. Taken together, they indicate to us that there is... um, uh, this is beyond your own natural ability. There are certain things you can do to alleviate, but they need to be focused on you getting in a more powerful position. So you need to start doing work that will assist you in gaining power. Queen Elizabeth Rue, stuff that will help increase your power before you can deal uh, with the siblings, before you can deal with the the. Uh, matter of um, inheritance. And that's because it's a little bit beyond you. There's there's a concerted alliance that we see uh, in that communitio in the third house that says they're bound, they're, you know, they're a band of brothers, if you will. They've, they're joined together and working against you, and you're all by your lonesome. So you're going okay. to need to to increase your power before you can do anything else. So the question is, what can you do? Um, and that is the projection of points, which means that I've calculated, I've added all these random dots up, uh, did a couple of ma- uh, subtractions, and it leads us back to the eighth house, which means the spirits of your ancestors are going to be very, very helpful here. Working with your ancestors to get your, ju- your just cause, to get the things that are due to you, Um, calling upon them and saying, look, I have been mistreated. I have been treated in an unjust manner. This is not how a family is meant to become an assist in this matter. They can set right to family issues. Um, Now, how much can they set right? How much effort can, can be made? And the answer is a very small amount. We see as the judge, which is the kind of answer, yes or no, can you get your inheritance, a miso, which means that emotionally there can be some satisfaction. But physical, like actual property gain, very slight um, with the reconciler as puella, that means, or the, the result of the result, which means you can get some money out of this, you can get some inheritance, but you're not going to be able to undo a vast amount of damage that's been done and suddenly come into a big windfall. So you're not going to come into a big windfall, um, but if you work with your ancestors, you can turn this enough that you will get some emotional satisfaction, that you'll get some justice out of this, and you can be able to turn this situation around. Just set your expectations in a realistic manner, recognizing that this is not one of those cases where you'll be able to just, everything will be fine, you'll get your inheritance, and then you'll be able to move on. 
just um, and too much damage has been done for too long for everything to work out fine. It's just going to be a, a bit of a lesser solution, if you will. So that's what I see here, ancestor work, setting your expectations. I'm going to turn this over to uh, Deacon Millet, who's going to continue with your next reading, and Miss Cat is going to give you some good work advice. Okay, thank you. Okay, so I'm going to grab three cards for you. The first one here is self-preservation. And this card shows a mummy in the cold desert at night. It's a very blue card, very somber and cold. And this is a card about um, pulling back to protect yourself. Um, You have definitely been under attack here, and um, a defensive posture is recommended, unfortunately. The second card is Living Goddess. The Living Goddess is high in a tower looking down at the earth below her. She has an elevated vantage point so that she can see things very clearly, but if she were down on the ground, she wouldn't be able to see them. So this card encourages a higher viewpoint on the situation. And just the fact that you're turning to us and asking questions shows that you're trying to gain that kind of an elevated viewpoint. The third card is Centering the Present. And this card shows a mandala on the surface of the moon. And um, the implication here is that you need to focus on your day-to-day life. Um, There is nothing here um, that is going to um, advantage you anymore. Um, It looks like they've stolen what they've stolen. You're not going to get too much. And if you focus on the situation, um, it's at the detriment of focusing on everything else in your life. So um, please start taking a look at your day-to-day life, the bills you have to pay, what you've got to do at work, all those basic things first, and then dole out a little bit of your psychic energy to this um, betrayal. Um, it it hurts, and it's easy to get caught up in only thinking about that. As Capricorns, we want justice, and when we don't get it, it, it just drives us crazy. Um, so please try to pull back a little and save time for the day-to-day. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, these are th- these readings are uh, pretty, I guess you could say, um, grim. They're not hopeless. It's not saying this cannot be, but I'm not seeing a very clear way forward from this. And I think that one of the things Ali said really struck with me, the damage has been done. Um, mm-hmm. you, you may have asked this question too late. And um, I know it's your family, and so this has been um, going on for such a long time because you, it's hard to believe that your family can have done this to you, but it seems that they have. And um, so the question then becomes, why do you want this house? You could, If you're trying to raise the money to save this house, why not just get another house? It's kind of my thought. Yes, there is sentiment. Yes, there is a lot of tragedy here that you wish had not happened. But I feel like by looking backward on this, the cards tell me that you may need to do a cleansing and cut yourself completely clear from this family. Just cut them off. Just that's the end of it. So I'm going to 
Yeah, I have you have. Them on. It's just that the, the court, the court put everything in my um, hands last year, and I haven't had access to the property. Right now, the property is empty. And yes, just I hear what you're saying. Yeah. When you say you have not had access to the property, why? I don't have keys to it. I don't have anything to it. So my who holds the just, keys? Who holds the keys? My brother has it, and he left and went to the Philippines. All right. So um, who is the legal owner on the title? It's still in my mother's name. And do you have a lawyer? Yes, but the lawyer started to play funny games with me, just collecting my money. Get another lawyer. Whoa, 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 back up. See, you're mm -hmm. you're circling. You're circling. Just like the card said, you're circling. Mm -hmm. Get a lawyer who will help you find out what's happening with that title. You you need to, uh, having access to the house is one thing, but you want to get the dirt from around the house to do the work. Let me talk about some work that you can do. Number one, you've got to get a lawyer who will work with you. A lawyer who plays funny games, that's not a lawyer. That's just a person that's not helping you. So... Mm -hmm. You have to bring all the papers. This has been going on for too long, and and it really your chances now are very very slim, very slim, and um, so get some dirt from around the property, get around the house. If you can't get in, that's okay. Just get some dirt from around the house. If you can get a piece of wood from the threshold or the door, so much the better. Mm-hmm. You want to take four nails or railroad spikes to the property, and you want to drive them into the ground. Um, around the four corners of the property, and you're going to drive these spikes in. You can dress the spikes and bless them first with, um, you know, a money house blessing if you want to. But uh, just just pray over them and drive them into the ground and say, do not let this house not be moved until I say yes and pull up stakes, right? You put these spikes in. You can use just plain nails if you have to. Now, you're going to take some of that dirt from those four corners where you drove those four spikes in, and you're going to bring that dirt to the grave of your parents, right? Can you have access to their grave? Yes. Okay, so you're going to take that dirt and you're going to pray over that and you're going to say, so let's say you go to your mother's grave and you say, Mother, I know you wanted me to have this house. I'm bringing you the dirt of this house. I'm I'm going to give this to you with some money and I want some of your dirt. But you will, Your spirit will help me. Right? You take some of your mother, you put that, you did a little hole, put some money in for your mother, and then you're going, and four coins would be good because you had four corners, but if you need three coins, is fine too. And then you're going to take some of your mother's dirt out. Now that mother's dirt, she understands the situation. If she wants you to have the property, and if you can get her spirit to help you, you can mm-hmm. take that dirt and you can mix it with some sachet powder, such as um, a court case sachet powder, uh, money house blessing or other types of things like that, and um, and also with maybe some five-finger grass for favors. And you can take that and blow a little of that on all the paperwork. Just blow it on like that and, um, and then sprinkle it off. Okay, this is um, a problem that is, can only be solved from beyond the grave at this point. If her spirit will help you, if... This she she knows what happened. If she cannot help or if she doesn't help, then let it mm-hmm. go. And then do a cut and clear. So if you do a cut and clear, you're just going to write all the names of those people and what they did to you and what you don't like about them on one side of a piece of paper in one column. And on the other side, put the names of all those who have helped you, your friends and, and anybody. They don't have to be family members. Cut those two papers apart. Burn the paper that has the faults 
friends, the false family members, just burn it and take that um, ashes to a crossroads, blow it into the air, and say Psalms number one to get them out of your life. The people who are good to you, who have been helpful to you, you can take and fold that paper up and put it in your underwear drawer, just keep it someplace, and say, may these people continue to be in my life, always having helped me and being um, uh, my friends. Okay, But I'm not going to say you're going to win. I'm going to say this is difficult. But your last mm-hmm. ditch here is to ask, is to ask the family for help, and um, and it may not work. It may not work. But you need a new lawyer, number one, and uh, you need to get some of that spiritual help um, to get yourself really, um, uh, you know, uh, oriented as as best you can. And I I I hope for the best for you. This is not real. You know, if I'm looking at this, I'm looking at. 10% chance at the best at the best and I and I say that with with a, a kind heart I do not say that mm-hmm. to discourage you it's gone on okay. too long how about you Deacon Millett do you have anything extra you can add I really don't I think that, that your two suggestions are wonderful particularly the cut and clear um, but yeah the, the finding a lawyer who is not playing games is absolutely vital at this point in time. And that um, has been the problem, because this is the second lawyer. Oh, Yes. Well, there well, sometimes there just is a time to cut and clear. I would make one last um, last-ditch attempt with the, with the spirit, the graveyard spirit, and mm-hmm. then I would set myself a time limit. And I would say, if this doesn't, you know, Perhaps on the um, the the anniversary of your mother's death or your mother's birthday, and just say, "Mother, if you cannot help me by this certain time, I will now fold my hands and walk away from it." Um, but don't keep on going because you're going. You're just being dragged in, around this circle here. And don't um, make the mistake of thinking that your mother might not come forward with a totally different solution for you whether it's in dreams or suddenly you stumbling upon the most amazing deal for a different house, um, she clearly wanted you to have something, to have a home, um, and this isn't the only avenue she can take to bring you that. Um, so, so open your vision just a little bit wider once you involve her spirit in this, and you'll be amazed at what else may come up. Yes, that she may show you a new path. That's a that's a that's a very good way to to put it. And I I have to say again, I just I wish you the best. But um, thank you. Yeah, th- this is um, you know this is not when people come to us for a reading. You know, of course, they're always hoping we're going to give them the total solution to their problem, and it's going to all be right there. But sometimes the answer, when we get the answer, it's kind of um, sad and not, and you know. But ask your mother for help at a new level. Say, if you cannot help me get this house, mother, show me a way to something else for me. All right. Okay. And I and work with your mother. All right. Okay. Uh, good you. luck to you, and I, I wish you all the well, Hadassah. And call us back if you want another um, reading from us. Okay. Okay, well, after this uh, little musical interlude, we're going to go to the spectacularly musical 
electronic and technical end of events where our radio robot will bring us fabulosity beyond compare. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Fit and Foxy, Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays, 6 to 7, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with, uh, with myself, Papa New, to PapaNew.com <laughs> in Omaha, Nebraska. Stand up in for Deacon Mill at DeaconMillet.com. I mean, for Alters.com. <laughs> Uh, that's so weird, guys. All right. Um, now, as, as uh, it was said earlier, I would be uh, presenting a little talk on uh, on saints or a workshop on saints. And so I am doing some research, uh, both of my own notes and also just uh, strolling through the Hyatt books. And there's one that, and I'm really sorry, I, this, is, this book is still new to me, but I wish I could find this informant's number. Um, but this is working with St. Anthony. If somebody comes into your house, this informant speaks of, of taking a picture or an image of St. Anthony and get yourself some stale bread, some dried stale bread, and an apple. You place that apple or the bread, or the stale bread and the apple in front of the image of St. Anthony. Uh, you place the apple on top of that stale bread, and then you... Uh, light a brown candle uh, and offer it up to St. Anthony and you pray to him to to get what was stolen back from you. And this is a work that I found very fascinating to me because it's like Anthony is really, I, I, I was always known for working with bread. He's always offered bread or you give the poor uh, uh, bread or food in his name or anything along those lines. The staleness of the bread is so dry, it's harsh, it's Rough and the apple, which yes, people have this imagery of oh, it's it's love, it's which it is, but in biblical terms, uh, the apple, of course, like the fall of Eden and all that, represents in this case sin and the sin of the the that was committed to you, the the item that was stolen, uh, and and you pray and once Saint Anthony does come through, now this is just my additional commentary here, um, do. You know, do give him thanks, uh, offer uh, to, you know, give money to a food bank or give food to the poor, anything along those lines, of course. Thank, thank you, Saints, for that true for you. Wow. Well, that is an amazing spell. And I'm going to say something uh, here about Harry Hyatt and the people whom he interviewed. Um, Hyatt was a... a a minister, Episcopalian, but he interviewed people of all different um, brands of Christianity, including um, uh, Catholics and uh, Protestants. And he interviewed about 1,600 informants. And I'm putting through into the chat room the um, some URLs that give some um, book 
Nagashiva beat me to it. Thanks, honey. Um, for the informants that he talked to. And the people he talked to were mostly root workers. They were all African-American except for one person whom he noted was a white person who described something that an African-American person had done and he thought it was interesting enough. But he basically went from one black root worker, either a home practitioner or a um, professional uh, contra doctor, to another um, from 1936 until 1970. And so this St. Anthony spell goes back to the 1930s. It's an old one. Um, I really uh, am looking forward to seeing a book on this kind of work, mm. probably from you, Papa Newt. <laughs> Maybe you and Deacon Millet, because Deacon Millet works with saints as well, uh, team up on a book like this. Because we all think of um, these spells as being, you know, something that uh, pe- people don't... Um, People don't understand folk Catholic practices. So here Mm-mm. we have an, a bread and an apple and a brown candle to St. Anthony. Simple as it gets, but as good as it well, gets. Well, I love, I love also the fact that, that as an offering or in thanks for the saint coming through, you then feed the hungry or the poor, you give to the poor. That's a very traditional, old-school way of working with Catholic faith that you... uh, And it goes to what you said, that I don't think some people quite remember anymore. They don't understand because they may not come from a Catholic background, and so they don't understand those kind of folk workings. And so you see a lot of people do things like they'll thank St. Anthony publicly, and that's fantastic, spreading his name. St. Espediti, for example, very much loves having his name spread, right? But that, they think that that's it. That's the, they've given thanks. That's all that's needed. And they forget that a lot these saints have their own histories and their own personalities. And for someone like St. Anthony, feeding the poor and feeding the hungry is the offering, giving it forward. And a lot of saints are like that. Giving to charity is a very important component of it. So that spirit working with saints is less about vending machine work. I've done, I've done the, I've put my quarter in and I got what I want out of it. And much more <laughs> a spiritual relationship that's built, that's dedicated to service, right? You work in a, in a kind of spirit of service and, and that's how you um, are able to, to basically. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in with one other one here because I just happen to have been editing Cashbooks Conjure by Miss Phoenix and I'm going to read this. I just edited this, and she wrote it. In 1940, in Algiers, Louisiana, Reverend Hyatt talked with informant number 1577, a Catholic worker who shared a blessing for those in poverty. She told him, quote, St. Anthony is for children and for the poor. You pray to St. Anthony for work or for bread. Use brown yes. on Tuesdays and oh. Thursdays. If you're out of a job, you pray to him to help you get a job. If you have children and you want bread in your home, you pray to him for bread. Not meaning money, but bread. You make him a promise that when you get what you ask for, you'll go to a Catholic church where they have a St. Anthony's box and put money in his box for the poor. But you mustn't promise him that and not give it to him. Unquote. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So there again is St. Anthony and bread. And he's dressed in brown, and I always think brown bread would be real nice for him. <laughs> I, I mean, and just real quick to reiterate that developing the relationship, if you want to take it further, I mean, get the time, read these saints' stories, get get a feel for them, because a lot of them did, you know, were lived a human life. They, they have their likes, their dislikes. There is... Um, uh, when you start working with them and you feel their presence of their spirit, you, you, you get a sense of that. 
to work with them. And I will just say real quick, too, if you really want to work with saints as a whole, look into Litany of the Saints. Not much mm. done much at the churches, but that really tunes you into a lot all the, many of the saints. Well, you know, yeah, there's a there's another thing, too. You know, everybody has their own way of working. Um, I have also heard, and this is just from somebody that I met in Oakland, California. We were talking about different kinds of offerings for saints, and um, this a person told me that, quote, unquote, if you're going to give beer to the saints, which is a kind of a Louisiana custom, if you're going to give beer to the saints, you can give light-colored beer to St. Peter, but you have to give that dark brown ale to St. Anthony because he wears mm. brown. And I was like, <laughs> okay, if I were going to give beer to the saints, which I wasn't really sure I was going to do. You have to understand, I mean, someone talking to me and I'm Jewish and I'm kind of going, what? Beer? <laughs> so anyway, you want to give St. Anthony that brown beer, Okay. I suppose I suppose St. Anthony might also like Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola, or Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. All right. Well, th- that's how folk Catholicism is, and I don't mean to mock it. It's it's sincere and it's real, but it has its customs. And um, bread for St. Anthony. All right. Thank you very much, Papa Newt. We're going to turn this back over to you, and um, Papa Newt's going to give us our announcements, and then we'll all come back and say goodbye in our own separate ways. Thank you, Ms. Kat and Contramanoli, and thank you, Deacon Millett of FourAlters.org in Baltimore, Maryland, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Reworkers will be Madame Nadia of MadameNadia.com in Chicago, Illinois, bringing us the topic of the art of seduction and hoodoo. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Ms. Kat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Contraband Ali at thecontraband.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Papa News, joining you from PapaNews.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via LuckyMojo.com plus RadioShow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you, Papa Newt, and thanks for that wonderful spell. And yeah. uh, thank you, Deacon Millett, for being a guest. Yeah. Thanks for being such wonderful hosts and hostesses. I appreciate it. A fan it. favorite. <laughs> yeah. Well, we may hope to have you on the radio show at least one more time before the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. That's coming up on April 14th and 15th in Santa Rosa, California. Tickets are on sale and you can um, go to hootoheritagefestival.com and find a link to those tickets. And um, thank you, Conjurman Ali, for being my co-host. Okay. And good night, everybody. <laughs> good night. Good night. <laughs>